We so thank you for joining us at Connections Podcast. We, as educators of human connection, invite and encourage healing and facilitate personal growth through impeccable honesty, rigorous personal responsibility, and vulnerable humility. We invite everyone who's interested in gaining greater connection with oneself, others, and God to continue on your educational road to happiness and joy through our simple yet life-changing three-step curriculum. First, search our library for personal learning, podcasts, videos, and workbooks. Second, register with our classroom for familial, parental, expert, and business classes. And third, join our community for personal coaching and group practicums. Thank you again and enjoy our podcast. We are going to be talking about control. And I want to pose some questions to you about control. Like, what is control? And why do we as humans engage in controlling behavior? And what are the outcomes? Like, what are the um, benefits, quote-unquote benefits, that we seem to receive by engaging in controlling postures and controlling behaviors? Um, So I have been asked by many people to do a podcast on why all of us engage in controlling behaviors. Um, So there, there isn't a person on the planet that hasn't and doesn't engage in control. And so my hope is by the time you get done listening to this podcast, if you are someone who is sitting there thinking, I don't do that, I don't control, um, that by the time you're done listening to this, you will say, oh, okay, I guess I I do engage in controlling behaviors, controlling thoughts. Um, Because if you uh, are listening to this and you come away and say, I still don't do that, then uh, your angle, uh, I would call it actually denial, (laughs) your denial about your behavior and your thought process that you don't control is the reason why I'm doing this kind of a podcast. Those of us who are unaware of how we exhibit or act out in controlling manners or ways are the ones who are inadvertently harming and creating negative, um, uh, you know, you're having negative effects not only on yourself but other people. You engage in inappropriate, arrogant, prideful behavior. And because um, we aren't willing to stop when we're in a controlling posture, when we're unaware, because we're not able to stop and reflect and think and contemplate and acknowledge that I'm engaging in, beha- in uh, control, I inadvertently hurt people, starting with myself. So again, if you've listened to this podcast and you still don't think that you engage in control at any point in your life, you are in denial because control be, controlling behavior is a, a, um, a characteristic of being human. There's no way to not engage in controlling behavior um, because you're not able to be aware of yourself all the time. And so it's not a bad thing if you engage in control. It's a human thing. And... We are all responsible to become aware as much as possible to why we are engaging in control, who we engage in control with, 
Um, what are our triggers that invite us into this controlling dynamic or dance with ourselves or someone else? So we can become conscious because, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to um, be unaware and then harm myself or negatively affect or act prideful or arrogant towards anyone. I, I don't I don't want that. So I want to be able to stop, reflect, think, contemplate and acknowledge that I'm engaging in controlling behavior and then change because all of us, all of us engage in behaviors and thoughts of control. Um, this doesn't mean, you know, like you've got a sticky on your forehead that suggests or states that you're bad. It's just human. And we're all responsible to be sensitive and conscious and awake and aware to when we engage in it. So we can get back to reality and truth and clean up or repent around my controlling behaviors and thoughts. Control is a desperate attempt to not feel. Okay. So what is control? Control is a desperate attempt to not feel. Not feel what? I try to f control feelings of discomfort, of things that I don't want, feelings um, of me being stupid or inadequate or unseen or not loved, or any other feeling that would cause you to um, that would cause you to begin to think that you were not enough. So that's the reason why we engage in controlling behavior is that I want to experience a different emotion um, because the emotion that I'm, <clears throat> I'm getting ready to feel is really uncomfortable. So what is control or what indicates that we're entering into this illusion that we can control anything other than my own thoughts, feelings, and choices? So let me say that again. Um, when I go into a place of control, okay, um, other than I, I, I am responsible or I can quote unquote control my own thoughts, feelings, and choices. Other than that, if I engage in controlling behavior, I will be entering into an illusion. So there's one thing, what, there's one being that I can control, which is me. And I'm only, um, um, able to control my own thoughts, my own perceptions, and my own choices. That's it. Everything else that I engage in that um, I attempt to control will be an illusion. It'll be a fantasy. What I'm telling myself is that I have this magical power that I can control you, I can control that, I can control those, and the truth is I can't. Okay, so I'm, I'm using the word control in two different ways. One is control of self, which is in truth and reality. And then I'm also using the word control inside of a place of um, distortion, which is um, not reality. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. So there's these two ways to define uh, and describe control. Because for the purpose of this podcast, I want all of us to be clear which control we're discussing. So, like I said, there's two different definitions of control. Definition number one is in distortion or a absence of reality. So the first word of the first use of the word control is from a position of personal irresponsibility and aggression 
towards self and others. And when I say aggression, I don't just mean overt aggression. It could be covert aggression, like being really passive aggressive. So this first definition is from a position of personal irresponsibility and aggression towards yourself and towards another person. This type of control is all about forcing, coercing, manipulating, or defrauding a person, a thing, an experience, an event to be the way that I want it to be. Uh, to be to be the way or what I want them to be. And this is where the illusion comes in. I cannot make something or someone be a certain way. I only have responsibility for me. So I drop my responsibility and I go into this illusion that says, oh, I can control that or them or it or those because I refuse to manage my own thoughts, my own emotions, my own choices. I will instead choose to attempt to control, force, manipulate, coerce everyone and everything around me um, so that I can have this illusion that um, I can get what I want. So here's an example. I will make you do it my way because I know more than you and my way is better. Okay, so that's a controlling statement. And those of you who have been listening for a period of time, you probably can hear the self-adulation the distortion um, has the flavor of self-adulation. I will make you do it my way because I know more than you and my way is better. That's an example of control in a self-adulating posture. And here's an example of control in a self-denigrating posture. Um, I can't ever do things right. Will you do it for me? So both of those examples are in distortion. And remember, distortion is a an absence of the truth, an absence of reality. I have distorted reality. Okay. So that's definition number one of control. Here's definition number two of control, but this is the word control inside of a um, sentence that has truth and reality in it. The second use of control is from a position of being completely responsible for myself and choosing and acting from a place of appropriateness and personal honesty. So the first definition was about distortion, me dropping personal responsibility. And the second definition is about me being completely responsible for myself and choosing and acting from a place of appropriateness and personal honesty. So I'm being honest about and responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, and my choices. Here's an example. I will not force you to do things my way. I'm responsible for me and it is inappropriate for me to think or act in any way that would force or coerce or threaten another person to think, feel, choose, or act in a way that is contrary to their own personal morals and beliefs, whether I feel like I know more than them or not. So took the same statement and flipped it into a place of truth and reality. Uh, the second example, saying I can't ever do things right is not the truth. I do struggle with certain things and circumstances, and I can ask for help and instruction and try again. I am responsible for myself. So when you hear me use that word control, um, I'm going to be using it in the first definition, the definition of distortion, um, because that is the type of control that we as humans keep engaging in. Um, another way to say that is, is that this is the type of an illusion that we engage in uh, to try to um, 
change the way that we feel um, and do things from a position of um, how I want things to show up according to me. So, um, I, uh, in this podcast, I want to focus on the distorted sense of control, which means or indicates that I've abdicated, dropped my responsibility for or to myself, and I've entered into this fantasy that I have the ability to control anything other than my own thoughts, feelings, and choices. Um, so I'm going to keep repeating that so that you understand that that is what you are responsible for. And that is the only thing. Those are the only things that you can quote unquote control. I can't even control the outcomes of my choices. So for example, after I choose, there's a consequence. Um, so once my choice is made, the natural process of consequence and outcome is engaged An outcome is out of my control. So I literally can only, um, uh, manage or control my thoughts, feelings, and choices, not even the outcomes of my choices am I in control over. So here's an example, um, of being out of control, not being able to control. When you get too close to a fire, you will get burned. Okay. You can't control fire. You can't control the elements. Um, you can't control if somebody's gossiping about you. So if somebody starts gossiping or you start gossip, gossiping, it could get back to the other person. Um, I eat more calories than I burn and I will uh, gain weight. That is a outcome of choices I make that I can't control. Uh, I go to bed late and I lose sleep for the next day. I speed and I get a ticket. I walk in a puddle and my feet get wet. I put a photo on my social media and I can never take it off. I look at pornography and it creates a false sense of sex and sexuality. I go outside in 20 degree weather without a coat um, and I will be cold. I perceive you, uh, you are stupid and like I'm stupid and I won't feel confident at school or work. Um, I believe someone's uh, distorted thoughts about myself and I will feel um, less than. So there's all these examples. I mean, there's millions of examples of things that go on in the world that I just don't have any control over. Um, I, you know, as far as their behavior, but I do have control over how I perceive things. So when someone goes into distortion and um, they want to say something um, mean about me or whatever, I can't control the fact that they're doing that, but I can control, remember your thoughts, your feelings, your choices. So I can control how I perceive that and I don't have to go to a place of reaction because I can frame that in a different manner by saying, you know, that's not about me or um, that's really unfortunate that they're choosing to be um, aggressive or mean-spirited. So the control this podcast is focusing on is the distorted type of control. Uh, the control that drops personal responsibility because I, the being, refuse to be accountable for my own thoughts, emotions, and choices. And instead, I attempt to control, which is the distortion, um, which means I go into an illusion, everyone and everything around me, including, um, I feel like I can, um, uh, you know, be able to be inside of an illusion around 
um, whatever's going on inside my life. And the truth is, is I can't. So um, when I enter into to this place of control or this illusion, I will start feeling not loved or unseen. I'll experience or feel not enough. So to believe that you're not wanted or not known or not important or not valued is why we start attempting to control. Those are the experiences slash triggers that invite us into this posture of, I need to control the experience because I believe that if I control the experience, then I will start feeling valued and loved and enough and wanted. So if I can control your perception of me and wear a certain outfit or say certain things or act certain ways, then you will think that I'm valuable and you will feel like, um, I'm important and therefore I'll feel like I'm valuable and therefore I'll feel like I'm important. And so I won't feel the need to control you at that moment. <laughs> um, but there's no truth in that. Because just because I wear something or do something that you want me to do, so I control you by um, uh, figuring out what exactly I need to do to make you love me or want me or feel like I'm desirable, um, even though I do that in that moment and I might feel uh, emotions of love and wanted and being seen, it's not real. It's an illusion. Because as soon as I you know, don't wear stuff like that or don't act the way that you want me to. I go back to feeling not enough. So this is the reason why all of us engage in this controlling behavior. It's that simple. I'm trying to control these distortions that keep telling me that I'm not of worth, that I don't matter, that I'm not enough, that I'm inadequate, that my needs don't matter. That's what we're trying to do. And inside that, I feel fear. I feel emotion of, of um, unworthiness. And it scares me. Because if that is the truth, then I have to somehow control that. Because I, I can't be unworthy. It just scares me too much. And so I keep engaging in controlling behaviors. Um, or another way to say that, again, is illusionary behaviors so that I have this, this belief, which is false, that um, I'm enough. It's that simple. So look at how you control and then trace it back to why you are doing the things that you're doing. Okay? When you see why you're controlling, it will always come back to, I don't want to feel I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to believe or experience the terror of not being connected or not being valued or not being witnessed or not being validated by someone, not being loved. That's the reason we engage in control. So the truth is, is that all of those beliefs, like I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not um, adequate, all those things are lies. Even if you don't have a whole slew of friends you, you still are valued and loved and wanted and needed. And if it's only by uh, your maker, by God, if that is the only person on the planet that loves and values and sees you 
and validates you. You are seen by him. And high likelihood, there's at least one other person that feels that way about you as well. So you get to start challenging. Um, you get to start challenging this conclusion if you're willing. And those of you who do, who challenge, you know, this posture of being controlling, um, are, are the people that are willing to let go of this illusion of control. So I hope that you'll be one of those people, that you'll start challenging those. So there probably are some people who are listening to this that say, that doesn't happen to me. I don't feel unloved or unvalued or um, not seen or not witnessed. And I guarantee you that in some part of your life, um, either past or present, you have experienced those kind of feelings. And um, um, maybe you're in a place right now of denial where uh, you won't allow yourself to feel those feelings. It's kind of like you go into a prideful and arrogant spot, which is also controlling. And we're going to talk about this here in a minute. So you might be challenging what I'm saying and saying, I don't agree with that. And those of you who are doing that are typically the most controlling people among us. Those people who go into this, I don't have that experience. I've never experienced that. That isn't something that goes on with me are typically the most controlling people. Um, and so because I don't know who all's listening, you're going to have to diagnose yourself. But please be very humble about this because those of us that refuse to acknowledge that we are controlling or that um, we engage in um, the dynamic of controlling uh, relationships, because even though... Um, I may not see myself as controlling. Maybe I see myself as allowing myself to be controlled. If I am being controlled, I am still engaging in controlling behavior. And so if, if you can't see it in you, um, the only way you're going to know if you're not controlling is that you'll be super humble and you'll be very open and you'll be very emotionally honest and very responsible and you'll look at all of your relationships and you'll even go to your relationships and say, Hey, relationships, do I act controlling? Those are the best ways to find out if you're a controlling person because your relationships will tell you if you show up controlling. So I would invite you to go to all of your intimate relationships and maybe even your, your relationships that aren't so intimate and ask them, do you feel like I control when I interact with you? Because um, if you're just going to answer that question on your own, uh, chances are you're not going to see it. And um, you will be one of those people that says, yeah, I don't do that. That doesn't apply to me. And you will go back to, like I said at the very beginning, you will inadvertently harm yourself and other people because what you're saying is I'm not willing to humble myself. I'm not willing to become aware of how I'm affecting other people. So if that's where you're at, you know, that's fine. And you get to understand and know this truth for yourself um, that, you know, you're not, not willing to look at yourself. Um, so hopefully you'll, you'll humble, you'll stop controlling yourself and become con uh, contemplative and curious about each time you engage in thoughts and behaviors and look for the truth 
Look and see if there's truth in your, your thoughts and behaviors. Because if there's not, and you're in distortion, you will be controlling. And you will be inside of an illusion. You will believe that you can control other people and other things, and you cannot. So, at any point in time, we, as humans, are always in one state or the other. Um, either we're in this place of controlling or we're in a place of not controlling. And it all is uh, dependent upon our choices and upon our consciousness, really. Most of us who are controlling um, are not super conscious that we're doing it. So depending on what state we're in depends on our choices. We choose whether we want to acknowledge this or not. We choose which state we're going to experience. Those of us that refuse to humble and be emotionally honest and therefore responsible for themselves and their own choices will spend their time um, and possibly their whole life living in the state of control, which would be super sad because control makes it so that you can't have an intimate, connected relationship. And the reason we'll stay in that place of control is because we're unwilling to humble and really look at ourselves. And so we will have a lack of personal um, willingness to stop and reflect and consider something other than what we think. We will not be able to see anything else um, other than what we think and believe to be the truth, regardless of whether it's the truth or not. So I hope that you are not one of those people. I, I keep inviting you. I hope that whoever's listening to this will stop and go to those relationships and say, do you see me behaving in a controlling way? Do you feel controlled by me? Ask your relationships because you just looking at yourself, you probably won't see it unless you are skilled at reflecting and being contemplative about self, but go to your relationships, go to people that, um, are um, willing to be honest with you. If you if you go to relationships like with your kids, you know people who you have power over, they may not tell you the truth. So go to those people that have a, a history of being honest with you. Those of us who are willing to consider and be curious and contemplative and acknowledge our choices and the outcomes that um, have been created can see our consequences. And choose to change them if they reflect controlling behavior. So let's talk about what true and truth is. Because we're going to have to, we need to go back and forth to what the truth versus what is true. So true, I keep using this word, what, you know, go to, go to the truth. Actually, let's start with truth. Truth means, so this is with a, a, a TH, truth. Truth is about the facts. It's about being objective. It's about um, information that's knowable by a third party. It's about um, um, learning eternal principles, like that there's so much time that we have. All of us are, are dictated to by time and dates. We're all vulnerable. We um, experience things and emotions, and they're neutral. Um, emotions are not good or bad. Uh, truth is about concrete um, It's about, um, um, let's see, 
or it's not. It's not about someone else's opinions or emotions. So the truth is the car is blue. The truth is it's 75 degrees outside. The truth is it's June 18th. And the truth is I was late to my meeting today. So those are things that are unchanging and empirical, impersonal, and can't be changed by someone's opinions or emotions. That's what truth is. Here's what true, T-R-U-E, is. When I go into what is true, I go into the subjective. I go into things that are changeable. I go into opinions and feelings and perceptions and meanings. I go into things that are not based in facts. They're interpretations. Um, so for example, um, here are some examples of true, uh, things can be changed because information and feelings and perceptions change. So the car is ugly, juxtapose it with the car is blue. Um, it's hot in the room versus it's 75 degrees. It's a great day. Uh, in comparison to today is June 18th. I'm stressed and that's why I was late versus I was late to a meeting. So all of these things can invite us into distortion and consequently control when we go into true rather than truth. So let me say that again. When we go into things that have true in them, like are true, Things that are subjective, our opinions, our interpretations, our meanings, our emotions. Um, things that um, are not based in fact. We can go into distortion. And when we go into distortion, we attempt to control. Because distortion will tell us things that are painful. And so we try to control that. All right. So my invitation to you is about living inside humility, impeccable honesty, and personal responsibility. Those three characteristics will help you identify when you start controlling things. Okay? It'll help you identify when you engage in controlling behaviors. Um, because what you'll be willing to do is say, why did I do that? You'll, you'll uh, be curious. You'll contemplate and say, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why am I acting this way? How come I just cooked a bunch of eggs and refused to wash the pan? Well, I don't want to wash the pan because, um, you know, I've been washing it every time that um, people use the pan and I've only used it a couple times. And so it's their turn to wash it. Now, all of that might be the truth. However, I am engaging in a controlling posture saying, I shouldn't have to do this. And it, the, the issue is that it's not about whether I should or I shouldn't have to do something. The issue is, is I used the pan and I, I caused it to become uh, dirty. And so it is um, reasonable when you're in a relationship that you uh, wash what it is that you've caused to become dirty. So living outside of truth now, again, we just described what truth is. Living outside of truth or consciousness or reality or vulnerability is a very scary, dangerous place. 
And being there or staying there will mean that you may not see what you are controlling or attempting to control because you're not willing to be honest, responsible, and humble. It takes being willing to be honest, responsible, and humble to see clearly and stop the control. So are you willing to do that? That's my question to you. Are you willing to keep asking yourself the honest questions and be responsible for your answers and be responsible for your behaviors and be responsible for your emotions? Are you willing to do that? You need to think. Don't react to what I'm saying. Um, I'm not here to upset you or poke you. I'm not, ups I'm not here to you know, cause you to, to take something personal. Um, I'm hoping to upset the mechanism of control in your life. Not you. Now, you activate the mechanism of control. So you've got to separate that. So I'm trying to, to get into your psyche and invite you and um, make it so that you become interested in such a way that you will start challenging the way that you think. So I'm hoping to upset that mechanism inside your life so you can use your gift of choice and change. Because all of us um, engage in control. All of us. And the goal or the hope is, is that as you become more conscientious, you will engage in it fewer and fewer times. Um, and so because we all engage in control to some degree or another, we are all responsible to pay attention to our thoughts and feelings we have and become curious about them. And ask, um, quote, is what I just did honest? Is it responsible? Is it humble? If not, it's going to be controlling. If what I just did is not responsible, honest, and humble, it's going to be controlling. Um, and that means that you've just entered into an illusion. But you can, you can stop that. You can, you can um, you know, get out. Because when you go into that illusion, you're not really controlling what you think that you're controlling. So let's talk specifically about what emotional honesty is. I keep talking about, are you willing to be honest, responsible, humble? Let's talk about emotional honesty. Honesty means to be free from deception, free from distortion. It means to be genuine, truthful, full of integrity, reputable, frank, honorable, real, credible, and just. So look at yourself and ask, am I those characteristics listed above? Do my choices and behaviors reflect those characteristics? Honesty can be shown through outward indicators such as paying your bills on time, being willing to follow through with your commitments you make to yourself and others, telling the truth about something, even though you'll have to have an uncomfortable outcome, um, uh, being willing to return money that you find uh, in the parking lot of a store, not using a service that you're unwilling or unable to pay for, not taking something that's not yours, not engaging in gossip, standing up for what you believe and value in the face of adversity, giving support and validation for those less fortunate than you are in any capacity. Those are just a sprinkling of ways to be honest with yourself. So how is emotional honesty different from just being honest? It is different in that it means we need to pay attention to our emotions and learn to be honest about them and with ourselves and with others. 
We as people don't usually pay much attention to our emotions. And if we aren't conscious of our emotions, which are attached to our motives, our emotions can run uh, us and often make us um, and often make our choices for us. We can react in unconscious manners instead of being responsible um, and conscious. So emotional honesty is incredibly important because what it does is it allows me to stay um, aware of what it is that I'm thinking and what it is that I'm feeling and then make a deliberate decision towards being honest and responsible instead of just getting reactionary. So let me read to you what personal responsibility is. Rigorous personal responsibility is a constant, thorough examination of myself. It is an attitude that says, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for what I think, how I feel, how I perceive, what I want, and what I choose to do, and how I behave. It all falls on my shoulders what type of experience I will have in life. So personal responsibility is multifaceted. It means I am emotionally honest. I feel and express my emotions, even the intense and uncomfortable ones. And I'm curious about them. I don't blame others for my feelings or try to avoid emotional discomfort. Personal responsibility means I meet my needs, my obligations, and my commitments, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, of all ways. I take care of myself, and I keep the commitments I make to myself and others. I show up consistently. So that is a quick glance at what emotional honesty means and personal rigorous responsibility. Now let's look at humility. Humility is that third characteristic that is absolutely imperative in order to be able to recognize whether you're in a controlling posture. So humility is an acknowledgement that there is something greater than me and my willingness to align my beliefs and my behaviors to that reality. Humility is a choice to acknowledge mine and others' vulnerabilities, uh, my weaknesses, mine and others' trespasses and offenses. It is a recognition that, quote, I am the same as you. A humble person examines, examines their behavior, desiring to understand and empathize with themselves and, the, and another person. When I am humble, I am willing to give and receive feedback and change my behavior and, be, and beliefs to match the reality and truth. I am honest about my emotions. I do not hide them or stuff them. I am clear and direct and bold with myself and others about how I feel and how I perceive and think. Taking complete and full responsibility for all of my emotions, all of my perceptions, my thoughts, my reactions, my choices, and their outcomes. In addition, humility is surrendered, meaning there is no desire to control or force anyone or anything. Humility acknowledges and respects the power of choice within oneself and with others and desires to teach self and others to make wise, empowering choices. A humble person does not need to fix or control others, does not need to fix or control problems or take over when someone makes a choice they disagree with. The development of a person's agency along with the desire to choose truth are the primary aims of humility. Humility includes an openness and willingness to ask for help when I need it. In other words, it means acknowledging and fostering my ability to be emotionally vulnerable and open with people. Humility is a prerequisite to emotional honesty and personal responsibility. 
That last statement, very powerful. It is a prerequisite to be able to engage in honest and responsible behavior. All right, so now, now that we've set this thing up about what control is, um, why we engage in it, um, why it's so important to, to be able to recognize it in yourself so that you don't um, continue to inadvertently harm you or harm another. So I have a bunch of examples, and I am very grateful to many, many people that I know of that were very willing to send their examples of how they control um, themselves and also people and things inside their relationships. And so I thank those many, many people, there were probably 50 of them, that I asked for them to humbly share with me how they have and do engage in controlling behaviors inside their relationships. And these are the statements that um, will follow. So look at these examples and phrases of controlling statements and behaviors. So you can become more uh, familiar with what control sounds like and what it acts like. Acts, acts light, like, blah. <laughs> okay, so when I go into distortion, I will go into one of two sides of distortion. I will either go into a, a state of self-denigrating or I will go into a state of self-adulating. Now, both of those positions are controlling. Um, one seems more controlling than the other, um, one seems more like the controller, which is self-adulating and self-denigrating sounds more like I'm being controlled. However, both positions are engaging in control. It's the same stuff. It just feels, has a flavor of, um, you know, one's being more, uh, aggressive or, or more demonstrative than the other, but it's control in both of them. Okay. So there's, um, I'm going to read probably more than a hundred statements here. And, um, I put them into categories of self-denigration and self-adulation. However, depending on how someone says it, depending on their motive, depending on their language, depending on their tone, it could move from self-denigration to self-adulation or from self-adulation back to self-denigration. So there is no pure self-denigration or pure self-adulation. It is all about controlling behaviors. But um, just to try to make this really simple and clear, I put them into the best categories that I know how to put them in. But again, they could flip back and forth depending on motive of the person saying them. So someone, before I read these, someone said to me, you know, Jody, what is the language for the rescuer? I kind of know the language for the victim and I know the language for the persecutor. Victim typically shows up as self-denigrating and persecutor typically shows up as self-adulating. Uh, but people had a hard time understanding what does the rescuer sound like? Well, the rescuer bounces back and forth between these two. And again, when you're in one of those positions, victim, rescuer, or persecutor, excuse me, victim, persecutor, or controller, because that's the word for rescuer. When you're in one of those positions, you're in all three of them. Okay, so here are just a, a large sampling of what controlling language sounds like. So I would get a piece of paper out and something to write with 
And as I read these, I would write down which ones fit for you so that you can start recognizing why you're controlling and who you're trying to control and reframe that back into truth. Because the first person you're trying to control is you. You're, you're the primary source of you're trying to control a distortion. But what's happening is that people around you are getting your shrapnel from your choices to control. It's hurting them. So I'm just going to read through these. Okay. So this is self-denigration. I'm going to read all the self-denigrating ones. Um, I'm responsible for you. It's my responsibility to make you happy. I'm a people pleaser. I'm the teacher's pet. It's very important that the teacher recognize me. So I do everything I can to manipulate the teacher into thinking I'm their pet. Uh, I don't deserve. I use language such as we, us, our, let's. I become a peacemaker. Um, I don't say no. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what I think. Uh, and so I just let you make all the decisions saying yes, without considering the outcomes or, um, the viability of saying yes, never turning down an assignment or request, always smile and be happy, ignoring when others don't do their part, um, which causes me stress and extra work and I never confront them. Um, I figure out the right way to approach a person or topic um, so if I can use the right words, they'll agree with me. Um, inside self-denigration, um, I sigh a lot. Like I go, oh. sighing is very controlling. I show up helpless, hopeless. Um, I have expressions of just exacerbation. Uh, I feel fear. If I, you know, do something, then something bad's going to happen. Um, I, let's see. So I don't confront other people. I match or mimic their, their personalities and presentations. I chameleon myself to make them think that I'm, you know, agreeable or like them or, um, my opinions are the same. I withhold, uh, things. I withhold sex. I withhold food. I withhold praise, affection, validation, either towards myself or someone else. I refuse to self-advocate with people, um, the people I'm with, when they express opinions or values I don't agree with. So someone says something and I don't agree with it, and so I won't advocate for myself. I just sit there in silence and think, I don't want to say anything because they will uh, get upset with me. It's very controlling. Um, I control what people think about how I look and my accomplishments. I control others' emotions to um, make my emotions fit their emotions, make my kids happy by stepping between their choices and consequences. I control people's opinions of me so that they'll like me, so they'll, they'll approve of me. They'll think I'm nice. They'll think I'm a good person. Um, my opinion doesn't matter. Um, the only thing that's important is that these people like me and they agree with um uh, or I agree with what they agree with. I attempt to overshare to get attention. <clears throat> I tell stories. Um, I talk loudly. I try to be funny, making smart comments, fishing for compliments. Um, 
I um, am always the one that's helping when somebody's struggling. I am willing to lie to control a certain outcome. I'll stay silent when I know that I should speak and say what I think. I feel, uh, or excuse me, I feign uh, contentment um, when I'm really not content. I isolate, I criticize others, but just in my head or with, or with other people, like a gossip. Um, I criticize the clothes that I wear, um, the words that I use, the way that I spend money, the food that I choose to eat, um, using religion and spiritual language or topics to manipulate um, other people. I hold grudges without forgiving. Um, I won't give up old grievances. I compare weaknesses to other people or favorite sins. <laughs> I use appearances. Uh, I look smashing or unkept to control. Finding uh, support systems to validate my position. Um, so <laughs> someone told me a story that... Um, she, you know, she uh, had a conflict or was having conflicts with her spouse. And so she would go look up um, other people um, that had some authority that he would listen to. And then she'd cut those, those statements out of wherever she'd find them. And she'd tape them up inside the windshield of the, his car. So when he went to work, he'd see them in the morning. So it's like, here's what I think. And then here are some people that you really respect. Here's what they think too. <laughs> So it would um, support her position. Uh, I engage in gender roles like men do this, women do this to control. Um, nature means that a woman sacrifices for her children and hu husband. Uh, I'm not nature. Nurture means that a woman sacrifices for her children and hu husband. So uh, women's roles say that women must sacrifice for their children and husband. They're trying to control the perceptions of other people. Um, family traditions. I engage in family traditions. Like we always do this. So you must do this as well. Uh, we always go to, um, grandma's for Thanksgiving. So you must come with us, whether you're married or you have your own family. This is what we do. Super controlling. Um, the women of this family always wear nylons to church. So you don't have a choice. It's the way we do it. And it's always been like this. So don't ask questions. Um, uh, other ways to control would be look on the bright side, turn that frown upside down and smile. Don't talk negatively. If you feel down, um, go out and serve someone. You'll get, you'll forget yourself and feel better. Don't worry about that. It will all work out in the end. God will fix it. Don't question. Just trust. Have faith. Appearing to be a hard worker, um, but you get up late and then you sneak out of your house so your roommates won't see that you slept in. And then you come home late and appear that you've been working all day. Really controlling, controlling perceptions. Um, enabling destructive behavior so a person won't feel bad. Like somebody makes choices that are really destructive. And instead of confronting them and holding them accountable, you tell them that's okay or Boys will be boys, or I'm sure you didn't mean to, or um, um, just make a different choice next time. Thinking that if I have X amounts of money in the bank, 
or make X amounts of money a month or a year, then I'll feel secure and be successful. So this illusion that says, if I make certain amounts of money, then I will be secure and successful. That's very controlling. I want to control people's thinking um, that I'm mean. I don't say what I really think um, uh, because uh, I don't want people to think that I'm mean. Giving a gift and the giver and the receiver extols the virtues of the gift over and over. Um, they say things like, it's perfect, it's exactly the thing I wanted, it's the right size, the right color, you wrapped it so beautifully, the bow was perfect. So just going on and on and on about this gift is very controlling. Saying what you think or want and then saying, well, I don't know, or whatever, or it doesn't matter to me. So people do this all the time. They'll, they'll say, I'd really like to go here. And then they'll go, but I don't care. <laughs> or it's fine. Or whatever you'd like to do. Another way that we control, you say, I'll be right there. I'll be there in five minutes when you know that you won't be there for 15 minutes. Or you say, I'm almost there when you're really not. Okay, so those are all ways that we engage in... Actually, there's a few more. Here's a handful more. Let me read these. These are self-denigration. Um, when children cry or unhappy, um, I control by giving them what they want. So I'm a good mom. It means something about... If they're crying, it means something about my inability or incapability as a parent if they're upset and crying. Um... I control by not calling people too much or they'll get sick of me. Um, I don't hug people because it could expose me if they get too close. My, I, I control by keeping my life elusive, mysterious, by ever being busy so they can't know my schedule or they would coerce me to go spend time with them. I get people to talk about themselves so the spotlight's on them and it appears that I'm a great listener and confident, but I'm using them to hide behind and keep my, my um, expressions as neutral and unaffected as possible so people can't pick up on my distinctive personality traits, traits or see how deeply I'm feeling. I memorize the clothes I, I wear with different people so I don't wear the same shirt too many times in their presence. Don't want them to think I like it. I hide my accomplishments from my family and friends so they can't acknowledge um, me. They can't say they're proud of me. I want to be seen as a strong one so I don't show my vulnerabilities or ask for help when I need it. I act stupid or naive or unaware when people ask me certain questions. I make up stories in my head about what something means without finding out facts. Okay, all of those ways are very controlling. So now I want to share with you the self-adulation side, which, um, again is control and you might hear some things and go, well, that's self-denigration. And like I said, they can be in both categories, but here are some, um, real obvious, uh, self-adulating types of statements and, um, postures that we pick up that are really controlling. So again, recognize if you fit into any of these, when someone is attempting to be perfectionistic, it is very interesting to see how many people will say, well, I'm just a perfectionist. And I always say to them, especially if they're in therapy, oh, so you're controlling. And they're like, no, 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 no. I, I'm a perfectionist. That's like a good thing. 
It's like, well, perfectionism means that you're going to be controlling. So, you know, if you're not willing to take responsibility for yourself, uh, that's fine. But let's not talk about something that isn't in reality. Because you trying to be perfectionistic does mean you're trying to control things. Okay, so acting perfectionistic. Uh, I want people to be a certain way. It's another controlling posture. I want people to be um, nice to me, give me what I want. I want people to be um, happy. Um, I feel like I deserve. I want things to be fair. Uh, I hoard things. I talk really quietly to make people listen or say, what, what, what? I have people in my life that do that. It's like they barely talk and I, I'm constantly saying, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. That's very self-adulating. Uh, I control the perception by um, way of getting angry. Um, you engage in control by making me feel safe enough, worthy, loved, see me, respect me. Um, I don't want to be responsible for that, so I want somebody else to make me feel safe, enough, worthy, loved. Um, I engage in addiction by um, uh, by um, reacting in anger, by reacting to ultimatums, demeaning somebody, sighing. I give people the look. I act threatening. I control perceptions. Like, I'm good, I'm helpful, I'm righteous, I'm obedient, I'm trustworthy. Not wanting them to feel anything uncomfortable around me. I use anger as a dictatorship. You should have um, what you want. Why didn't you, um, you know, do what I told you to do? I can't believe it. Um, or you make me so angry, or you do this to me. All this blaming posture. Um insinuating things towards relationships. Uh, I want my meals ready at six. You could have done this if you really loved me. Uh, you out reason or you out logic the other person. You teach them. You just keep teaching them about stuff. Like I put down here, you teach them to death. <laughs> it's like, let me teach you about this and let me explain this and let me, you know, and that is very aggressive and very prideful to always be teaching uh, your counterpart. Uh, you engage in fixing things instead of validating. You stare people down who have less power than you, so they'll stop their whatever, their behavior, their, um, their, their, uh, their choices to behave the way that they choose. You accuse people of, or you make, you, you know, you say you're making me feel a certain way. You try to control perceptions by omitting details, by lying, by, um, 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 emphasizing certain details by leaving out certain details um, so that it will better your cause. You give people the silent treatment or you go into compliance or you go into defensive posture. You raise your voice, you interrupt, you act physically aggressive, you blame, you justify, you twist words, you drop responsibility of your choices, you minimize the effects of, of experience to not feel the weight of the emotion. You engage in resentments because... Uh, you don't want to be emotionally honest. You you dig at what's going on inside someone and rescue them instead of validating and inviting them into truth. 
You tell yourself a story about someone and then say, um, serve them. So I tell myself a story about someone. So I, I tell myself something that's not the truth about somebody. Um, and like, um, they really need my help or they can't do this without me or, um, I need to stop what I'm doing and go over and, and help them. And then you, you show up like, you know, you're the hero. Um, you make them feel better so you can feel better. Um, so mom says we're poor. So I want to give mom my piggy bank so she can feel better. So I go grocery shopping and stock the fridge and pantry of food. No one told me to stop, and I felt like it was my responsibility as um, a team member to take care of my family, even though I was a child. So that's really self-adulating on the parents' end. You know, mom telling the child, we're so poor, um, we don't have any food, and causing the child to feel like they have to be responsible for a parent's responsibility. Very self-adulating from the parent's angle. Defining people as... Um, as an insult example, uh, you act just like your mother. Um, you nag, nag, nag. So telling people that they act like a certain, a certain person that would be insulting to them. You engage in avoidance and invalidation. You say things like what? Um, I thought we already talked about this. Why are you bringing it up again? So someone wants to discuss something, and instead of saying, okay, let's discuss it, you're like, why are you doing this? We've already discussed it. It's very self-adulating. Uh, they say things, don't be so worried. It's not a big deal. All very invalidating. Or they say, you are the only one that is worried about this. No one else cares, so why do you? Just give it some time. Time will heal all wounds. According to me... Or according to the handbook, it says, you know, fill in the blank. No one is perfect. Your expectations are way too high. I'll never live up to your expectations. No one is capable of living up to the way that you expect them to live up to. Those are all self-adulating statements. Uh, conversations turn into lectures. Not checking out how people feel when you're talking and you just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. Very adulating. Uh, telling somebody I know what you're thinking. Wow. Now you can mind read. Again, self-adulating. Not speaking up. Making multiple meals for one meal. Uh, many kinds of um, soups for one meal. I agreed and now I'm resentful and blaming the other woman. I'm mad at uh, her kids um, for picking, um, for being picky, being prideful and acting like... Um, acting like a victim. Um, I tell myself that I'm a better parent um, because my kids would never act like this. And I didn't acknowledge my own boundaries. So this person makes a commitment and then um, inside that commitment, they realize that they really can't keep the commitment. So then they go into all this control saying, I'm a bad parent, and why do the kids have to be picky, and I can't do this, and um, 
you know, this, this is unreasonable. So lots of self-adulating instead of just saying, oh, I changed my mind. I'm not going to do it this way. Um, telling yourself that you have to wash your face this way. You have to do, wash your hands this way. You have to clean your toys up this way. You have to fold the laundry this way. You have to iron your clothes this way. Um, I have to make home-cooked meals even though I'm sick. Again, very self-adulating. Saying to myself, I know what they think. I know what they said. I know what they did. I know how they reacted. Um, having people say to you, don't you just feel radiant and energetic when you're pregnant? Having someone tell you how you feel or what you like. Uh, parents speaking for children when they can speak for themselves or even um, friends or spouses speaking for each other when people can speak for themselves. Someone's upset and you use humor to distract them. Instead of validating their upset, you try to distract them. Not responding when someone says, stop or don't do that or I don't like it. So not responding to those kind of statements. Very self-adulating. When you procrastinate, being passive, or you say, I know better than, or you're less than, and um, you tell somebody they're incapable of. You give unsolicited feedback. You use shoulds. You should do this. Uh, you interrupt. Um, you use the silent treatment, talking to someone, and they just want to control the outcome. Uh, so, for example, somebody's talking to you, and they say, I'm just really upset that you have um, chosen to do this again. Can you help me understand why you keep doing this? And they just look at you and they won't speak. And you say, why aren't you talking to me? And they just stare at you. Or they say, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, people who break commitments. Using sarcasm when someone's trying to be serious. Uh, going back to the silent piece, uh, you, you are silent because people can't hurt you or invalidate you if they don't know what you're truly feeling. You justify um, disease and sickness and say, um, let's see, justifying disease and sickness and saying they act this way because of their body, because their body's sick. Oh, I see. Um, so somebody can uh, be not really be sick but justifying it and saying, um, you know, that I am. Or she's a good person, it's just the disease. Um, so somebody behaves badly and they say, well, they're depressed. And so that's why they get to behave this way. Um, she's a good person, but it's just the disease talking. It's just her anxiety talking. He really wants to love me. He just is not capable of it. He's not able to control his anger. Using sex with um, I'm sorry let's see using sex um, in in ways to control another person I um, won't act like I know what's going on I'll be unconscious and then I'm not responsible for me it's very passable or very passive I don't know I say I don't know or I forgot or I um, I don't know what's best, or I want people to behave in a particular manner. This is what 
you should do and what you should not do. And when they don't do it, you get angry. I cry to get my way. Um, and I try to control with words. I um, desire to control how fast my spouse gets ready for activities, work. And I try to control him being on the phone. Um, I say, hey, you shouldn't be on the phone. This is not the right environment to be on the phone. And I also want to control how fast somebody forgives me. I compare the person was amazing and you should be too. Um, keep the house and my space, my car, anything uh, really, really clean. And when somebody gets it dirty, I get really angry um, because I want it to be organized uh, and not have any papers out. And when someone uh, gets in or messes up my my organization or my cleanliness, I get really angry with them. I don't want streaks on the fridge. I don't want streaks on the windows or I, I uh, vacuum the carpet a certain way. So there's lines or the grass must go in a particular direction. I make commitments and then I break them and then I say, Oh, I'm sorry. I really feel badly. I was tired. Here's what happened. <clears throat> but I do it again and again and again and again. All right, so there are many, many, many examples of how I engage in controlling behaviors, um, whether it's uh, self-denigrating control or whether it's self-adulating control. And again, when you're in one, you're in both of them. So any of those statements, if any of them jumped out at you, please, please, please write them down. There, there was at least 100, maybe 200 examples of controlling Behavior that I'm, I guarantee you, you'll be able to connect to at least one of them. So your responsibility is to know yourself, know your motives, know how to be emotionally honest, know how to be responsible and know how to be humble. Listen to this podcast again and again, and mark those statements, those phrases that you relate with, that you think or say that you now are realizing are controlling and change. Listen to the podcast on the raise and truth declarations, uh, podcast 68, 69, and 70. And reframe those distortions back into truth. Realize why you're engaging in controlling that, that illusionary behavior and identify the distortions that are driving your choices to control and then reframe them into truth. Controlling is the evidence that I've dropped my personal responsibility for my own thoughts, my own feelings and choices. And it is my responsibility to pick that up again. Control is destructive and threatens yours and another's peace and ultimately will make it impossible if not acknowledged and reframed to connect with self, to connect with others and to connect with God. So connection is our goal and desiring to connect is really what this is all about, this desire to connect. So if I have a desire to connect and um, I'm not conscientious, I'm not aware, I won't be able to create connection. So connection is the goal and desire not to connect by way of control. Be awake, be humble, be willing, be honest, 
And most of all, be responsible for whether you're controlling or not. We so appreciate you and your support in spreading this crucial message to your family, your friends, and your coworkers. Your greatest compliment to us would be for you to refer your loved ones to the podcast and classes at connectionsclassroom.com. Please go on to YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and follow us for continual education, motivation, and truth. Stay connected, my friends.